Hello out there, Foxes fans, and welcome back to another edition of the U.S. Foxes podcast. Coming to you live from all over the United States, East Coast to West Coast, we've got you covered. I, as always, am your host, Matt Folks, live in San Diego, joined this evening by my two co-hosts, starting about 20 minutes north up in Del Mar, California, Mr. Chris Warner. What's up, my guy? How you doing, buddy? Nice to see you boys again. It's nice to be back on the podcast. Uh, great job last week talking all about um, the performances. But yeah, lots to say, I think. And it makes it even better knowing that a last-minute winner for once has gone to us. And so, yeah, can't wait to talk more about it. Yeah, it was good to to, to actually get a little bit of uh, retribution pretty quickly. Usually, you know, we got to wait a while for them, but that was nice to see. We'll dive into that. We're also joined this evening uh, from wonderful New York City by Mr. Jason Becker of the New York Foxes. What's up, bud? Guys, uh, I have just every time there's an early kickoff, I have newfound respect or new levels of respect for you guys. It was a 7.30 kickoff here, which is pretty standard for, for you guys for regular kickoffs. And I don't think my sleep schedule has uh, has recovered since. I'm all over the place, and I'm a bit of a mess. Uh, how long are how, – how, how much of a commute – how far of a commute is it from your place to uh, Legends? Uh, door-to-door, I can get there within 25 minutes. So it's not okay. okay. That's not bad. Sometimes so it's what even I- if you you know an early morning like that, if you don't feel like waiting for the subway, you can fly right in on in a taxi and get there. And oh, awesome! 20. Yeah, which is nice too. Nice, dude. But yeah, it's seven thirty. It was a four thirty kick here on the West Coast, which was, uh, yeah, we uh, man, I'll tell you what, it sucks when we. I really, I it sucks getting up that early for for a match. But the thing I really hate about it is we don't get to watch it together because uh, no bars. Uh, will open for us that early, unfortunately. So you got to kind of watch it from the confines of your own apartment and uh, text each other and, and deal with each other that way. So that was that was a bummer. You, you did look pretty cozy, like you had a nice cozy setup when we FaceTime during the game. But uh, I had a, an awesome surprise. Uh, Jim, you know our our beloved fourth uh, member and and uh, who holds it down in Houston. Uh, extended his trip a little longer in New York and, and and was there waiting for me at the factory, which was just an awesome surprise. I thought he had uh, long since uh, returned to Texas and he was he was right there. So it was great to watch with, with Jim. That's amazing, man. Yeah, and you guys are so nice to FaceTime me uh, at halftime. That was a hell of a surprise for me, too, to see the two of you guys together. So my jealousy was through the roof. But, man, yeah, I love it. Anytime that uh, we as – you know, our little group here can get together. It's just a little more special energy at that rice, Chris. It is. I mean, Matt, we have we didn't have much of a good track record watching four thirty games together. I think the last one we, we did don't. was that West Ham game where we got or we stayed up all night. We tried to yeah, stay up all night. all night and watched West Ham game together. And I think, yeah, so maybe it's a good thing that we watch these four thirty games apart. The hardest thing for me is that balance of like wanting to express emotion. And at the same time, being, as you put it, Matt, cognizant of your neighbors, the pets, the misses, like all of those things. So I've come up, I've, I've actually got myself one of, I, I pick up the, the cat's play toy and just throw that at the wall whenever we do something wrong. And it just makes a nice little silent sound. So encourage anyone that lives early, get yourself some soft plush toys and just use them and throw them against the wall when we struggle. A little How did you celebrate then when we got the last minute winner? 
that side that of the screen the that I think we've all done in the past and that lots of silent scream and fist pumping. It was like a silent yeah. disco in my house. I suppose that's the best way of putting it. Yeah, I did a lot of the uh, the solid shakes of the fist, just like get the fuck in, motherfucker. <laughs> just, yeah, that kind of energy. It was it was great. Uh, but we will dive a little bit further into that later. We of course had a match on Wednesday this week against Wednesday, and uh, being a midweek game, uh, San Diego Foxes did not get together. But I understand you guys had a decent turnout for it in New York, Jason. Yeah, we had a few folks in in for the game. Um including uh you know our, our good friend uh Larry Legend was was in town Jordan came down for the game so there was a, a decent number of folks got to slip out and uh and watch and then you know a, a few of the folks that we know from from New York Owls were there too uh, we hosted the um the broadcast um on our service but it was a uh, yeah good, good good little turnout you know maybe uh I, I would have loved to have been there, but I had had meetings and work was calling, but I tried to watch um, whatever I could from the game. Yeah, that's pretty much what I had going on to uh, listening to it via audio. And I will say, if you guys haven't had a chance this year to use the audio player that comes with the uh, Fox's Hub subscription, that is a great, great um option for those of us that might be working midweek and you just want to throw the airpods in and uh have the beautiful sounds of jerry taggart in your head while you're doing your doing your work day that's a great option so shout out to the uh, audio player i gotta say it's probably I, I love jerry but probably the first time the words uh beautiful and jerry taggart have ever been mentioned in the same sentence <laughs> well, jerry you know i had to you know that was just teed up for me man God bless him. Yeah. So I was listening to to the uh, to the audio version and uh, starts out pretty, pretty good, guys, with a beautiful uh, Fatawu goal. Fat, Fatawu. I don't know, man. Every person, every announcer I hear, they say it differently, but a uh, beautifully worked goal. Most of the work comes from Mavititi on that uh, left wing, just doing his uh, step overs and, and using his magical skills to then lay a ball over the top. And uh, yeah, Fatawu stops it with his chest and fires that thing in and and a, and a nice goal worked and uh put in there chris good to see some work coming from that wing which would kind of be a, a repeating process during the next i was gonna games. say matt yeah it's the it's what we cried out for the in, in, entire time last year we had our two wingers working together and it was one of those goals where starting on the left was finished on the right i mean what else, it was a great finish i'll say as well i think when you've got everyone closing him down as he takes that touch and draws it in the corner I think it was a very, very good finish. And um, I thought at that point we'd kick on. And I thought at that point we'd probably, if we get one, we might, given they were bottom of the league, given they'd been on a bad run of form, I thought once we got one, we might go on. And I think we'll talk more about that. But that was the kind of thing that I was disappointed by, that we didn't go and be more clinical and grab that second, grab that third. And I think eventually it came to bite us on the ass and we got the Leicester City last minute mess that we've we've kind of were accustomed to last year so um no really good finish i thought over the two games actually and especially for the west from the kdh's goal as well fatua was pretty um important in setting that up as well so he's had a good he's had a good couple of games that lad has 
Jason, you in agreeance there? It does seem like uh, you know we we hadn't played Wednesday since 2014, which was crazy. I, I hadn't even I didn't even think about that. But you know, Jamie Vardy gets the start uh, against Wednesday. The writing's on the wall there for for just a masterclass, and it really just pretty kind of a flat performance, especially after the goal. Yeah, um, I I. Um... I think we were very lucky not to be down two or three goals before we got our goal. Um, it was um, just a mess, really, kind of at the back. And uh, I get it. Um, we can afford to do this, and, and we have so many games in, in December that you know Enzo gambled a little bit with the lineup and kind of tried a, a midfield three that hadn't played together played Eunice in the middle, uh, put Connor Cody with, with Vestergaard, played, played what fast as that kind of um, outside uh, fullback slash outside center back. So it was a lineup that really, you know, doesn't have a lot of chemistry, especially in players playing the positions that they were in. And we were pretty careless with the ball at the back. And it just seemed like, like tentative and not really – making passes knowing exactly where your t- our teammates were and it was a kind of a reminding me a little bit about uh, some things that happened earlier in the season when the players were kind of still learning each other and learning the setup so um not taking anything away from sheffield wednesday i think that they did play and they were better than than we all expected and they won again their next game so i think maybe maybe they have turned a corner with the new manager but um uh, I thought it was a pretty poor first half until the goal. And like Chris said, I thought we'd also, you know, kick on after that. And that would have been like the the kind of, you know, gotten Sheffield Wednesday's heads down and, and we were really gone for the kill there, but just didn't happen. I don't know what it is, but it does seem like I, I, it, if it's just like we're, we're, we play down to the competition, it just seems like too easy of a explainer or an explanation that we, that we, hear a lot in American sports about, you know, when you have a bigger side coming in, uh, playing a team, but man, you, I don't know what it is that we have no ability thus far to just step on the pedal when we need to. It's like, when we do get the goal, it's like, all right, let's just sit back on it. I, what we have to do to get that, uh, killer mentality working. It just, it's, it's not there, Chris. Yeah. I mean, it's funny looking back on some of Enzo's comments, Even before the game, he said that this was going to be probably a difficult game within the run. And he's he's done that a few times this season where he's kind of foreshadowed that. And so I think if he knows that, that then I think, yeah, it's, it's concerning. I think Jason nailed it as well. The lineup itself, you can understand the need to rotate given the amount of games that you guys spoke about last week and it's happening over the month of December. But... Ultimately, we've got a squad and a set of players that should be good enough to beat Chef Wednesday, who were bottom of the league. I mean, and yeah, it it was. I think it defensively, as Jason pointed out, we were a bit of a mess, and that was the one of the first times this season where you were kind of thinking, "Oh, oh, what's happening now?" And we were seeing. I know it brought back a bit of PTSD, some of the stuff we were doing back there. Um, but I think I think the the key thing, I think, which is 
which is as important, and I think we'll move on and talk about in the West Brom game, is that we had a response to that situation. I mean, if you look at the the everyone teams around us had a good midweek team Leeds, Ipswich, etc. They all had good midweeks. There was that thought around, okay, is this is this where Leicester start to drop and other teams pick up? We played early um, on Saturday and we really took advantage of the fact that we were able to kind of just have a better performance at the weekend, re-establish ourselves, grab three points. I think that's huge moving forward. And so, yeah, I, I'm hoping the West the Chef Wednesday game was a blip um, and just one of those predicted Enzo situations. And um, yeah, hopefully see less of them over Christmas. I, I wasn't too worried though about losing the game, and because partly because he tried something new with a with the personnel, but everyone is going to drop points. Like you, you can't get through December, and 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 we've seen it. We've seen it across the league, and Leeds drop points to to Rotherham. It's 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 going to happen. And at least we got something out of the game, and really no one's made up any ground on us. Um, so that's also encouraging. Yeah, I uh, McAteer had a chance to make it two nothing at one point, and when when he didn't get that, uh, when he didn't put that one away, I was just kind of like, oh fuck, we're gonna do this thing where we let him stick around. I just, uh, I don't know. I think to you guys, we, there's got to be something here. The fact that you've got Cannon and Daka both on the bench in that game, and neither of them get a look. Uh, are either of you guys starting to get concerned with the fact that? Neither of these two are getting a look, despite some of these, you know, struggles we're having up front with strikers scoring goals. No, no, not yet. <laughs> Chris, oh, I, I don't think Cannon was signed to to be a solution for this year or to be an immediate solution. I think he's always been a long term project, and I, I, I'm guessing that we're going to try to figure out a way to kind of move Daka on. And what are we going to do, right? And now, now suddenly bring him back in just for him to leave again uh, in AFCON. So um, I think uh, I think the strikers will, will come on and, and play better and, and contribute more goals. So I'm not I'm not super worried right now. I agree. I think ultimately Enzo is all about the philosophy and the process over trying to fit players that don't necessarily kind of match what he wants to play into that. And I think I would, I'm, I'm hoping I that January provides the opportunity to look a little bit more into strengthening up there. It might not be something that we can do given the cash and et cetera, but you know, I don't, I don't really, I think to Jason's point, bang on, I, th- I don't think we'll see much of Canon over Christmas. And yeah, I think Docker will probably be moved on in January. I wouldn't be surprised at all. So Lester, though, like we always ex- like talk about a player that we haven't seen play for us, like he's going to be the savior. Like we have like, we do that all the time. And I've done that. And I'm like, I'm not falling into that trap again. I'm not doing it again. I mean, the kid had a broken, what? The kid had a broken back six weeks <laughs> yeah. ago. I mean, I think, I think if we, if we're playing it safe with a lad, I, to be honest, I didn't expect him to see him all year. I thought when you, I was like, oh, when Enzo just went, yeah, he's got a broken back. I was like, okay, 2024 is the first time we might get him. But um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I just, 
I think, yeah, I think it's something we'll, we'll maybe maybe see movement in in January. Oh, okay. Moving on then, guys. Uh, we had a, well, we spoke a little bit earlier about the 430 kick here on the West Coast against West Brom, 730 on the East Coast. And uh, right away, we saw a switch. Nacho goes into the side up front instead of Vardy. And how many how many switches were made on that side altogether, guys? Was it like six? Um, yeah, well, so, Ian Nacho okay. in, Eunice got taken out, Cassidy didn't start. Cody didn't start. Um, yeah, so you know we did make a yeah, and and good that we're able to to make those those changes. But I did, even though the lineup changed a bit, had a little bit of deja vu from that from that Sheffield Wednesday game early on. Yeah, yeah, it really was, and and uh, having this the ball we spoke of, uh, Didi, who continues to find himself very deep in the box with this with his new positioning, uh, lays a ball over to the top, and KDH just absolute beautiful header, the kind of header that we dream about so often here at Leicester that just seems to get fucked up. Time it was, after it was, time, it was so analogous to the Dennis Pratt goal, wasn't it? A few years ago. Yeah, almost, like, almost exactly. Always exactly the same. Break down the right hand side crossing, being more aggressive than the defender and heading again. Yeah, it was almost part and parcel. Great goal. Absolutely great. Fair play to KDH. And I think that, I mean, we'll talk more about his second goal, but the guy was so aggressive getting into the area. And he was the, he wanted that ball. And um, that's what you want to see when, I mean, Enzo's system relies on his getting players into the box and being aggressive in those situations. And he was, and uh yeah, can I just say Wolf as well? Well, I mean that everything. Hell of a pass, hell of a yeah. run to get there. Um, I think it's clear that like we really miss the energy and the just the um athleticism of, of both of those players when they're not in the lineup. Yeah, during the match, uh, Jordan Becker of the New York Foxes had a great shout, I thought, thought, and he said, you know, getting Fatalu on the right and also moving KDH to the left side with Ndidi to the right as McAteer switch wings was such a clever move from Enzo. I thought he'd just replace McAteer with Fatalu, but I'm playing checkers while Enzo plays chess. Uh, just so put perfectly by your brother there, uh, Jason. Um, and yeah, it really does seem like, uh, when, when he gets it right, he gets that, he gets them right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I do think that, um, you know, we had us had another slow start, but I think Enzo pushed the, the, the right buttons there, um, and, and, you know, changed things up and, and we were certainly, I think, good value for, for three points um, aside from, from the, you know, kind of fluky goal that, that we gave up. But I think, you know, once the kind of players settle into the game, um, I, I did think that we were, we were the better side overall. Well, then we, uh, you know, get that. And again, kind of deja vu, like you were speaking, we take our foot off the gas pedal again and we allow them to stick around, Chris. Yeah. I, I thought I, I, I don't know. There, I think second half we deserved to win that game. I think we were the better team. Yeah. And I to Jason's point, and I 100 agree with him. The goal, their goal, is a fluke. I mean, it's one of those situations where, yes, you could argue. Of course, you don't want the ball to drop in that six yards out in the penalty out. But Ricardo gets his foot in there. I think wins a tackle, and it just 
some just innocuously bounces off a couple of legs and falls to the guy's feet. I mean, I don't think much once the ball's bounced, I don't think we can do much more in that situation. I think it was just bad luck. And so um, it, it was just that combination of timings, though, with the Wednesday performance, conceding in the last minute, and then concede, conceding late on in this game. It kind of just added to that narrative of, oh, God, that's two games now where we've switched off in the last five minutes. We've, this is deja vu all over last year. We, and then all of a sudden, we spiral as fans. We're like, well, it came from a throw-in, came from a set piece. Perhaps we haven't figured that out. And my head's going all over the shop at five o'clock in the morning, just going back to all of this stuff. And so, yeah, it was just, an, I think, looking back at it now and kind of at a higher level, you can't, I don't really think we could have correlated the two, but it was. I think it was just bad luck that goal, Matt. I really. I mean, yes, we should have yeah. got it away, but once it's bounced, I think we. Yeah, I know. As soon as I saw it like bouncing, you know, straight up in the air, and then it fell, I would just my heart dropped because I can you as a Leicester fan, you can almost just see it happen. And I was like, either this is going to get cleared real quick, or this is going to fall to somebody. And sure enough, it fucking falls to. So a guy who just happens to just smack it into the back of the net just as easy as you like. And man, that's just a bummer. Um, anything else on that one, Jason, you want to touch on before you slide in? On the goal? No, no, but I did feel the same. Like, oh, yeah. we, just, we just blew a great I, opportunity. Yeah. And I will say, though, that uh, unlike, you know, the deja vu ends there because, uh, Winksy, man, what can you say? I, I mean, first of all, West Brom putting everybody forward like that, that's that says that's something a wild about, move, isn't it? Oh <laughs> my god, bro. I, I don't know if they just thought the moment if it was like, you know, they thought they were playing FIFA where after you score you get that momentum bounce for a little bit. They, he thought that that was it, but my god, to go for it like didn't that. They, didn't West Brom stay up? years ago with a last minute winner at that end was it jeff horsefield i can't remember i do remember back in the day they had one of those last they minute escape things yeah and it it kind of the way they played after the goal it kind of got but gave me those vibes of like end of season we need three points or we're getting yeah. relegated type thing it was really bamboozling what they were doing um, yeah, it, yeah it felt like that you're right it, like it felt like an end of the season game where like we need to get these three points otherwise like the season's and over. I, I had read, you know, a little bit about their manager and how he, you know, he's he's very he likes to play one way and he's got big dreams of how he wants to play. But I'll tell you what, I did not expect to see the only person missing from the fucking box on the throne was the keeper. Like honestly, <laughs> that was the only player that was missing. Um, but yeah, uh, shout out to uh, the boys. They find a way to get it out. And Nacho uh, having just the vision, holding that ball and then putting one through to set the guys off. It was just uh, beautiful, man. Um, KDH, you know, takes that thing in, lays it across. Winksy almost misses it. But uh, yeah, what, what else can you say after that, boys? It's nice to be on the other side of it for once. Yeah, yeah. Um... I did have deja vu actually, but it was a uh, positive deja vu and right. real like football heritage. And it's, you know, Leicester scoring late winner at the Hawthorns. And, yeah. Uh, Jamie Vardy sure. doing it um, in 2015. And then now Harry Winks doing it in the same end, celebrating in front of like a very similar photo of, of both reactions yeah. and celebrations. And that goal and just reminded me. Not didn't not that I need a reminder, but um, 
you know, we're, we're seeing all this grumbling about style and tactics for me, like football in so many ways, especially when you watch with other people is about the moments. And, uh, you know, I, I think, I don't think a lot of folks will remember that game in 2015 and can talk to you about the tactics and how the game was played, but they'll remember Jamie Vardy just like grabbing the game by the scruff of its neck and scoring at that huge goal for us. And I think when we look back at this game, we're not going to talk about, Oh, um, uh, some of the passing and out of the back and how it got a little dull. And we, you know, we were a little sloppy with the ball in the beginning of the game. We're going to talk about, you know, that crazy play at the end of the game and, and the club, you know, the, the team storming down the pitch, wink scoring that goal, absolute, you know, carnage in the away end. Enzo running onto the field, jumping around and getting a yellow card. Um, and I'm going to remember being at, you know, football factory, you know, at nine o'clock in the morning, jumping around and there was like beers getting knocked over and <laughs> hugging Jim and jumping all over the place with, you know, Matt and Drew and, and, and everyone. And, um, and it, it felt good. It just like felt, felt really, really good. And, um, you know, I'm not going to, you know, worry so much about the, tactics and the x's and o's and the, and the style um i you know if we're if we're getting moments like that i think it's it's fun it's what we all want as as football fans at the end of the day the best strategy is just three points and uh i think that it, you know we keep keep that up and and hopefully we could take this momentum now into you know, a match against uh, Plymouth this weekend, a side that's been struggling because West Brom, you guys, they were right there. I mean, they are right there on the edge. It's a very good team. It's a very well-coached team. So, I mean, that was, uh, and yeah, Harry Winks only scores apparently uh, at the very end of games. So that's, that's well, I, it, to that point, Matt, it'll be interesting come the end of the season, how we look back at Winks's goal contributions and whether or not the QPR one and this one are kind of, the two pivotal ones that are really because I mean we struggle we were struggling at QPR and he pulls that out of his out of nowhere and then last yes the weekend he's the one busting a gut and I mean we love him on this podcast but there's no I don't know what words more words you can say about the lad he's done everything right and he just it was he didn't have to bust he didn't need to bust he bust a gut from his own 18 yard box to be alongside kdh to to i think the composure i know we all watch the goal and every, i don't know about you guys but i think every time i see it i think he's still going to miss it's kind of like yeah. it yeah but for, he slid in i think it was deliberately he did everything right and uh you can't say more about the lad he's he's been a hell of a signing and i think kdh is getting all of the plaudits uh in the media at the moment as being player of the season but he's to me still my player of the season for leicester at this moment in time winks he's been absolutely fantastic and at the weekend again he just showed that additional element to his game getting us out of bad positions which is just crucial for us to get out of this league yeah, between Winksy and Vestigar, that's going to be and KDH. That's going to, it's going to be an interesting vote there at the end because we saw a more amazing play from Vestigar this week. Uh, both games just incredible, uh, and then KDH now finds himself third in the league in assists, uh, which is a pretty cool stat, Jason. Yeah, the, that goal I think showed us a lot about this team, uh, the character 
around the team to to borrow a word from from Brendan. Um, the you know the, the the will to kind of make that run, and after you have to be shattered after ninety minutes um, uh, w- was phenomenal. The reaction of all of the players was great. Even even Mavadidi, right, who looked like he was pretty bummed that he got subbed, he was going nuts celebrating as well and that's why i like when i hear a lot of folks just like complaining about the tactics and the style i just i don't know i think there's a lot of revisionist history about like what goes on in this division and and what our experiences have been like in this division even when we've won it because if you compare this season to the last time we got promoted we were blowing away last that that season in terms of results, in terms of goals, in terms of everything. Uh, it is a grind in this division. And for me, you know, we have to be pragmatic. We have to get these goals. But then we, ha- you know, we're getting to see things from this side that we just begged for, for two years. We have players that like want to be here. You know, like, look at these guys. Like, they all have fully bought in to what Enzo's doing. And they're busting their asses, you know, to make these plays happen. And even if the style isn't, you know, as attractive as what some people want, I don't, I just don't know what the expectation is supposed to be. Um, the, the, you know, you, what do you, what, what do you want? What people always say, like, uh, the results of my, all I want to see is a team that like wants to play for the badge. They're like, guess what? We finally freaking have that. Yeah. Yeah, like, the what else, the word what else do, do some folks want? I just I, and I was it was just an awesome, awesome moment, and and it was just like everything that we've been crying out for for a while, and we had it, and, and everything was sort of summed up in that goal, and it was just such a such a fun moment, and it's such a relief, and it just I mean, what better way to start the weekend than than you know a stoppage time winner like that? Yeah, the best, and I think the word for me that just keeps coming to mind is pride. I mean, there is pride. The guys now are proud to play for Leicester. They're proud to play for Enzo. They are proud to play in front of, you know, some of the best fans on planet Earth. And this that was just an attitude last year that we did not see. And man, the just the the joy in these guys' faces when they're celebrating or the after game videos. And you got Ricardo Pereira breaking everybody's, you know, speaker on their phone, screaming vamos into the into the instagram it's just the 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 feeling is great and i think you know after you know that leg equalizer on wednesday it was just so needed and good to see and yeah long may it continue um did want to see uh all uh, we we got a nice video from ollie chris did we get that available uh who had plenty to say because not only was it a big match against West Brom? It also happened to be his birthday. So happy 21st birthday to Ollie. Let's hear what he had to say about that match. Hey, Matt, here is Foxes. Hope Paul is well. Oh, yeah, bastard. Hope you're as buzzing as I am after that. After that win at West Brom. Um, after a pretty lackluster game, midweek against Chef Wednesday, uh, getting the point, which felt like a loss. Uh, they've bounced back really well. Today was a lot better. Still not where we how we want to be playing um, as dominant as we want to be playing. But yeah, we uh, we got the job done in the end. Bit of a nervy one, but what a uh, what an away and that was. That was incredible. 
yeah, fantastic one to remember, especially on the 21st. Absolutely fucking buzzing with that. <sighs> wow. Yeah, well, this is, uh, oh my God. I'm, I'm lost for words when it's here. But yeah, much better. A lot of good performances today. I don't think anyone had a bad game. A couple misplayed passes from a few players, but it's normal, isn't it, really? So, yeah, buzzing. Up the you can hear uh you can hear i think he's still out of breath from the celebration that that had to have been going on so yeah happy birthday to ollie i know you boys love him as much as i do oh yeah man happy birthday my man since uh we were texting a little bit that day too and i'm, I'm so glad he got an experience like that to to ring in uh number 21 Oh yeah, old enough now to come join us at the Bluefoot and Legends. So Ollie, get over here, buddy. I'll yeah. buy you an IPA and tell you it's good and show you the good the good American IPAs. Funny you should say that. He is he will be over here in March for a week. However, in true Ollie form, it is during an international break because he refuses <laughs> to miss a home or away match this year. He will be attending all of them. So he will be here on the international break. Uh, but thanks <laughs> to all you for, for doing that for us as always. Guys, uh, like we said, we'll, we'll start to wrap it up here. We got Plymouth. Uh, first time that, that that'll be on Saturday, uh, 7 o'clock uh, West Coast kickoff, 10 o'clock East Coast. Uh, Plymouth struggling this year, and this is our first time we've played them since 2009-2010, which uh, that, you want to talk about the Wayback Machine, and a very, very, very young Andy King scored the winner, uh, one one nothing. So uh, pretty crap on the road they've been this year, only three points out of a 22 possible on the road. So that being said, we need to come out and, and give it to him quick and early, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um... I think we're going we're going into a set of fixtures now before the Ipswich game that I think on paper are pretty attractive for us. And what is interesting is some of the teams that are around us, Leeds, Ipswich in particular, are going to have some of the bigger teams at the top end. So if we can stay true to ourselves, grab as many wins as we can, then going into that Ipswich game, you can see a situation where maybe we're at a minimum we're still ahead, but maybe we've stretched that out a little bit more. And it kind of gives us an opportunity in that Ipswich game to go be ruthless and just kind of almost get set, set us up well for the new year. So huge game. I remember, yeah, Plymouth, Plymouth's an interesting one, Matt. Um, they are, yeah, they've, they've always been kind of one of those, te- I think of those teams like Plymouth and Yeovil that started off, in the lower leagues, kind of League Two, League One, and have really done a good job establishing themselves as a as a as a championship side. So, um, yeah, going to be a tough game as always. I th- Normally, you tell me the stats about away teams being crap, and <laughs> most fan bases would be like, "Great." <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Mate. Well, there were. I could. Like, I could attempt. that haven't scored against Leicester in ten years. Well, you know what's yeah, going to happen. I could have tempted fate a lot more. Let me just say that with a lot of the other stats I was reading about uh, us <laughs> in Plymouth. So I was just going to leave it right there. Uh, Jason, you looking forward to this one? Sorry, I missed that. I said, are you looking forward to this one? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, uh, like like Chris said. Uh, 
it's a really good opportunity to to get some momentum here um and uh you know then there's another game coming up right after that midweek so um yeah this is um you gotta love the festive period i mean it's got to be brutal as a player to to go through this gauntlet of matches but like for uh, when when things are going well they can they'll start to feel really really great uh when you can rack up a, a big amount of points in a short period of time and you know i think the the a lot of the division and and, and fans of, of clubs in this division have their eyes set on that on that boxing day matchup so if we could go into that with some uh with some momentum and uh and hopefully with with more pressure on 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 ipswich it's only gonna you know set us up really well so don't want to get too far ahead of myself but uh this is uh this could be you know a, a really fun uh few weeks for for Leicester's defense absolutely and uh speaking of getting too far ahead of ourselves uh the first uh lester rumor transfer rumor of the winter has arrived with a player from sao paulo Lucas Baraldo, center back uh, from Brazil. Uh, the rumors have started flying that uh, we're in on him, but so are uh, Liverpool, apparently, Newcastle, West Ham, and Brentford. So uh, I don't know. Anything gets you excited there, Chris, besides a Brazilian player being linked with us, of course? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I mean, there's a lot of good premiership teams. Also. <laughs> we'll see. I, I talked earlier about you know uh, learning my lesson and not ex, you know expecting a player uh, <laughs> who has to play for us to be our savior. But I'm sorry that all goes out the window. Even though we got burned by Tete, when the Brazilian is mentioned, I'm getting my got my flag ready to go. <laughs> I'm going to be all in and fully ready to be to be you know I, I will be ready to be disappointed. But I, you you have to be all in again. Get those Brazilian flags out. Get him down to the KP before the man is even signed, like we did for yes. Tete. And we have to go. We will keep doing this until we finally get a Brazilian and finally get one like permanently who who actually works out and, and is good for us. Do we, yeah, do we think that lad that who actually plays like a Brazilian? Do we think yeah, the lad that brought the paper flag that he printed out is still? That's got what it I was going to say. Reprint it. <laughs> if you don't, if you don't have your Brazilian flags, uh, uncrumple your uh, eight by 10 print offs of the Brazilian flag that you <laughs> stuffed into your pockets after the Tete uh, disappointment and, and get those out. I still have mine from last year and it's, it's ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, I passed on my Tete Jersey. Cause you remember last year I said that if he scored in his debut famously, I would buy a Tete Jersey. Uh, glad to say that Jersey has now been passed on to our dear friend, Joe DeBrota's son who is repping it proudly uh on the east coast so that's uh been recycled well matt was that the one where it took the club like six weeks because they didn't have any of they didn't have the yes. correct symbols for the lettering and correct yes. yes so i'm sure now the club has ten thousands of those symbols that are just sitting in a uh, drawer so there would be no <laughs> no risk of that um so yeah guys that'll pretty much wrap it up for this edition of the u.s foxes podcast like we said plymouth this weekend it is a big one um and if you are on the west coast it's seven o'clock and ten o'clock on the east coast if you're near new york make sure you get down and join either uh the boys in new york city or the gang up in rochester uh, if you're near San Diego, get over and join our gang at the Bluefoot. I do understand that we now have snow in Leicester officially, so uh, all our thoughts 
and uh, prayer sending you all the warm feelings and vibes from uh, the beach here in San Diego to hopefully warm you up. And uh, You're cool, man. You're cool. <laughs> hey, I'm feeling for him. I'm feeling for him. Uh, so, yeah, guys, on that note, for uh, Chris and Jason and Jim, who couldn't be with us tonight, that'll be it for this edition of the U.S. Foxes podcast. Uh, if you could take the time to hit that five-star review, it does help us get the word out and get uh, the pod in front of more Leicester fans. So on that note, from Houston to Highfields, we will see you next time on the U.S. Foxes podcast. Cheers. Cheers.